Am I on the right side? Yep, I can hear you just fine. All right, groovy. Um, before we hopped on, Jalil just discovered he had a dirty diaper in his pocket <laughs> that he had been carrying around for probably half the day. <laughs> That's that, that father life. Oh, it's still there. Here's a video evidence. He just pulls it out. (laughs) For all those who are watching, here's a video evidence. If you're not watching, you've got to hop on our YouTube and check this out. There's a dirty diaper literally in my hand as we speak. But it looks like it looks like like you went to Subway and then you just like took home what you didn't finish. It's perfectly wrapped. Yeah. Like a a delicious caca. And this is like a six inch, you know, like the (laughs) the six inch from Subway. (laughs) <laughs> is she because she's almost a year old yeah she'll be a year in 20 days bro that's crazy 20 yeah. days when do their poops start smelling when they start eating solid food that's when it starts to get real stinky and that usually happens <laughs> depending on the baby and you know parents and all that stuff but it's usually recommended around six months that they start eating solids mm. and it's a completely different experience like <laughs> going from a fully because she was she up until that point was a fully breastfed baby yeah. and you know, they're, it's just, it's the same thing. Like, you know what to expect. It's the same consistency. It smells the same every single time, but now it's like an adventure. Every single time you're changing the dirty diaper, it's like, what, <laughs> what's going to happen today? It's like yeah. a box of chocolates, you know? Yeah. You never know what you're going to get. It's great. You know, my mama said, my mama, my mama, my mama, my mama said, my mama said, my mama, my mama said, life is like a box of chocolates, like a box of chocolates. You know what I'm saying? You never know what you're going to get. Especially when it's a dirty poopy diaper, you know what I'm saying? It's good. It's thick, it's thinky, it be give me different textures. It's just all kind of you never know. You never know what you're gonna get when you open up the bag. It's like what that is. I, oh, that's a chunky one today. We got we got a real chunk, we got a real chunky one today. We're gonna have to deal with that it's a little differently. That's a little different than yesterday. We're gonna deal with that one differently because yesterday was different. That was this one's different. Oh man, Ooh, that's a stanky one. Oh golly, I ain't smelled nothing like that ever before. So this is this is extra funny because we hopped on. We're like, all right, let's make this quick. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. it always, be. always finding time for the the fun, for the humor. Absolutely, it would not be a conversation between the two of us if I didn't have some laughter in the midst of it. You know, it's got you got to have some fun. Got to have some fun. Oh uh, well, yeah. Um, okay, so. Um, well, yeah, for those people that are listening, I just want to share a little bit about my day real quickly, because Mm -hmm. I think it's like everything that we share, all the tools, all the practices, everything that we share, you know, it it really is to maintain a sense of balance and have a strong foundation and be inspired and connected to what you're doing and, and feel, you know, like you're healing parts of you that, you know, feel like they're carrying some pain. Um, but there's some days where you just can't do anything. Mm-hmm. There are really some days where it could just be you're sick. It could be something in the energies in the air astrologically. Um, it could be something socially that's going on that if you're a sensitive person, it just affects you. Um, it could be a whole host of things where you get up, you have the whole plan. You, you know what you need to do to stay in flow. And you do it for as long as you can, even though it's like an uphill battle the whole way. And then at a certain point, you're just like, I just need to meditate. I just need to take a little nap. And then three hours go by, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's what happened to me today. Um, 
like the first part of the day, I just muscled my way through it. And um, after, you know, I think it was like two, three in the afternoon, I just went upstairs to take a nap or meditate. And it turned into a nap. And um, I had some crazy dreams. Um, one actually had to do with like Jesus. There was some guy talking to me about Jesus. And he was like, Jesus didn't have employees. He had volunteers mm. or something like that. And um, it was just random stuff. But um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still very much like integrating whatever that was. Mm. I feel a lot better. I have more energy, but um, it's just more energy to go to sleep with because I'm going to sleep, you know, in a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that that's what my flow has been. So it's been an interesting day. Um, and I just want to share that because sometimes you can you can learn all these, you know, kind of like biohacking tools and uh, mindfulness practices and um, different belief systems and positive self-talk and different philosophies. And some days, none of that shit's going to work. You know, mm -hmm. it's only going to get you so far, but sometimes you got to meet the day where the day is meeting you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, sometimes you just got to acknowledge, hey, I just need to call in sick. I just need to tune out. I need to check out, plug back in, recharge in whatever way that looks and um, be kind to myself in the process so that the next day, the next coming days, I'm not actually burnt out. Because mm -hmm. if I kept going... I pushed through it on Saturday because I was feeling it on Saturday too. But if I kept going today, you know, I've got the event Wednesday. I'm going to the Bahamas for a wedding on Friday. I got to get you stuff for the, the BEM course before then, you know, and there's like a bunch of other stuff that I need to do. And I wouldn't, I honestly wouldn't have been able to do it because I, I would have crashed. I would have mm -hmm. crashed. So mm -hmm. um, I just want to share that it's okay on days when it's really pulling you down, even though you feel like you just, just got out of the starting block you know we're, we're just getting going you know we're in our groove sometimes you gotta like you know smooth it out you know just just chill for a bit um mm -hmm. and that's okay and you know have compassion for yourself if that is the case mm -hmm. yeah i think that's that's the key right it's the compassion and i think that's what these practices they create an opportunity for self-compassion right like once you begin this journey of of you know, I, I, obviously there'll be, you know, certain situations where, where folks may have some internal limiting beliefs or patterns or thoughts that are self-deprecating and they beat themselves up. I'm one of those people who historically would be like that, beating myself up over having a slow day. But ideally what, what we're cultivating here, and this is really the, the foundation of the compassion, you know, wisdom traditions is like, how do we cultivate self-compassion ensure that if and when those situations do come up for ourselves, when we have a slower day, we're not beating ourselves up over it. Because ultimately, at the in the grand scheme of things, it's not necessarily about output, right? It's about energy. It's about how I'm feeling. It's about the inputs day in and day out. And then the other piece that I wanted to highlight, which is that you use your tools, right, to give yourself whatever sense of relief that you needed. And those tools are, are uh, additive, right? And they're as opposed to distracting yourself with some kind of other thing right or or finding some external source to bring into your body to try to get you going you said hey let me use the tools that are uh i know have have proven to me in the past to provide me with some kind of relief and also a sense of clarity and ideally some you know additional energy which is what you were looking for in that moment 
And a nap is a tried and true way, baby. We've been doing that shit for a long time. Napping since we was little babies, you know what I'm saying? With diapers and shit. It's good stuff. Take that nap, you feel real good, you know? Um, a meditation, you know, get that clarity of mind and clarity of a purpose and keep it pushing, you know? It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like how you just tied that all together. Um, <laughs> so, huh? You got to spin the mic. Better? Much better. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was saying, I like how you tied all that together. Um, all right. So, uh, what I wanted to just connect with at the beginning of the week. Um, so for those that are listening, just to give you some context, Jalil and I, you know, it's the beginning of 2024. Uh, what is it? January 8th. 8th. Mm -hmm. Um, so first weekend of 2024 and, uh, we've been, we've been busy. We've been busy behind the scenes. We got a lot of plans um for this year we're like we're at the very beginning of a six-month push and uh, we want to invite everyone that's listening along for the journey and the process we want to showcase what we're doing what's working what's what's failing or what's working what's a lesson um you know like our internal process um sharing that as best we can um and hopefully it's something that inspires you to you know like either take up action in your own life from a project that you've been sitting on because we've been we've been kind of sitting on but also like working with and around and all over the place with with this business for about four years three and a half four years and if there's any like people that are just starting a business any people that have started a business and maybe you're trying to do another one you know like you have a really great idea or you don't know. And so I'm just going to share what our experience has been. You have a really great idea. It gets you inspired and fired up. But then it takes some time to figure out how to execute on that idea properly and effectively and in a way that works for you, the people you're working with, and your business partner, or your business partners. And so for us, the short example is we had an idea to create BRT in 2020, specifically to help um, people who were in a servant leader capacity at their jobs or in their lives, frontline workers, specifically at that time because of COVID, people of color because of George Floyd. This was what was going on in our mind. But ultimately, we wanted to create a community where people could come and release all the shit they were carrying and move, move more freely into their life as a result. It's taken us three and a half years to figure out exactly how to do that and who that person most likely is. We're not even entirely sure, but this is just what three and a half years of kind of like market research and study and throwing spaghetti on the wall and seeing what fits and, you know, flying to Las Vegas to do a personal training session with a dude who was like, went to my acting class and he was a personal trainer and I was like trying to do some cross promotional partnership stuff, driving out there in the middle of the desert thinking, why the fuck am I doing this? <laughs> you know, that like is, and that's just one of many examples of me flying to places to try to connect mm -hmm. all with the intention of connecting and creating community and a healing capacity, taking three and a half years to get clarity on how we can offer that, um, how we can execute on that and knowing ourselves individually and together 
how we can do that as a unit. So I just want to say that because it's been a journey. Um, I know for some people it may be less amount of time, for others it may be longer. For ours, this is this is our timeline, and now we're clear, and we're 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 in the race. You know, we're on the track. Start a gun went off. We're we're in it, and so um, we're just today going to talk about and probably over the next six months. You know, not every episode is necessarily going to be about this, but we're just going to have some as episodes where we're just having a conversation about our process and where we are in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we think it's really important and valuable for us to not, you know, feel like we need to hide it and keep it so precious just to share it, you know, because failing publicly, failing boldly is one guaranteed um, gateway to success and deep satisfaction. Um, but also so that if anything resonates or sticks with you, you can take it and you can apply it in your life and your business and your relationships. Um and in whatever capacity you may see it um, uh, playing a, a vital role. Um, and so today we're talking about social media. And uh, just that's one thing we both have had a lot of resistance around for the last mm-hmm. couple of years. Like, both, oh, fuck this social media shit. I don't <laughs> want to do this, you know, all that stuff. Um, even everyone's like, oh, you got to use social media. You got a great voice. You got a great message. You got a great look, blah, 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 blah. We're like, no, no, fuck that shit. You know, go months without being on social media, wouldn't post or post sporadically. So now we're at a place, like I said, we're clear. And so the conversation today is, you know, how to take that clarity and share it mm-hmm. in a way that's sustainable for us and inspiring for the people that are engaging with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've been having conversations over text over the last week about different ways of doing that. And I just wanted to share with you, Jay, what I've been working on today, um, like a potential flow um, that could work, that could keep us engaged, keep us interested and also prevent us from feeling burnt out, um, feeling as if we're getting caught up in the, the content creation machine, because that's really easy. And also um, seeing, and this is specifically for Instagram, specifically Mm -hmm. for Instagram, because this is where I feel like, you know, we've had the most activity. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know you personally on LinkedIn as well. Um, But um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Seeing this from the, the perspective of like, this is educational at the end of the day. You know, this is educational. So how can we make the Instagram page educational enough, engaging enough, entertaining enough, inspiring enough so that people, one, get all the value we have to offer. And two, at a certain point, maybe want to buy something, you know, that's of a monetary value. Um, so that that's the flow for today. Did you get you want to say anything before we, we get into it? Did you see the Google Docs? Yeah, there's a couple of things I want to share and then, yeah, we can jump in. Um, so as Rue was just kind of walking through, right, this has been, you know, a three and a half year journey of trial, uh, trial and error in a lot of ways. Some things have worked, some things haven't. Um, we've rebranded, we've relaunched different products, we've run cohorts and then broke them down and rerun them again. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff that's been happening over and over again, it's been this constant process of iteration, 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 and just seeing what what fits, what feels good and what sticks. The other thing I wanna offer is that 
um, we have we're using the tools that we have created in this process of 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 building out things that work for ourselves, right? And so this is this is really the next six months is an opportunity for us to show you the tools that we have created and that we're using or we've we've shared with other people in cohorts and other types of training environments and using them for ourselves to to realize a specific goal on top of and a big part of that right and we can get into this on future episodes because this is not the day for it but on top of that we're also finding coaching from people who we respect and admire in the community and that's actually one of the key pieces of a goal the goals formula which is one of the tools that we use and have taught to other people to support them in realizing their personal goals we're using that for ourselves as creators of and stewards of the RT studio. And in the process of doing that, we're testing the validity of the product that we have been sharing with other people. So this is really an opportunity for us to not only uh, show you how we're building a business, but also to show you how the process of building this business is either uh, is effective in the tools that we're using. Now, I want to just call out the uh, one coach that we've been using. There's a few of them, but one in particular that's related to Instagram is Maddie Woodward. So for everybody who is on Instagram and you're interested in building a business or building any sort of content uh, business strategy, content strategy on Instagram, Maddie Woodward is informing in a lot of ways the work that we're doing here to make sure that we have a content system that is repeatable, that is effective and sustainable for us when it comes to how we want to show up in a social media capacity. So that's just content and context. We could talk more about the goals formula on a future episode, but really the idea here is how do you build your business? We're going to be your test dummies. We're going to show you how we're doing it. If it feels like it's resonant for you, give it a try. Check us out on the social medias and see if what we're doing is effective, if we're actually doing what we said we're going to do, right? All these things are just like accountability and building in public and an opportunity for you to take what we're doing and ideally reduce that three and a half year process that we went through to get you results quickly. Cool. Let's jump in. All right. Um, so <clears throat> you got the the docs pulled up. Pulling okay. Up. So um we just for like to backtrack, we literally have been backtracking all the notes, um, old podcast episodes, um, uh, keywords and themes. Um, bullet points from them, um, notebooks that literally go back to 2012 um, from all, you know, personal stuff, professional stuff, creative stuff, and and BRT specific stuff um, and everything else in between. And we've just been combing through all these things that we felt we needed to record and take down for whatever reason, from poems to insights to books. So this is a list that um, I created from my notes over the last like 10, 11, yeah, 11 years or going on 12 years now. Um, and we put it into a document called An Artist Prepares. And the reason why um, we named it that is because we would like and we feel that we're best suited to serve artists, um, healing artists, um, artists of any capacity, but artists who want to create or maybe they don't consciously think it about it yet but it's unconsciously there um they want to create something that helps heal whether it's themselves the people they love or the world and we feel like we've been examples of that through these processes through these tools over the last three and a half years of how to make that a reality 
And so now it's about how do we share that with others? And so I broke it down into three parts that I feel from my background as an actor um, really represent any process or the stages of creativity that an artist will find themselves in. And so it starts with an artist prepares, um, which is filled with, you know, all kinds of ideas that you would want before you get into the creative process as an artist, like things that I am so grateful to have learned in that process that are just helping me now every time I go back to the starting block, because we inevitably always go back to that blank page um, um, to get me motivated and inspired again. So it's a lot of like fuel for the fire. So it goes from an artist prepares to an artist creates. And so these are, again, notes and ideas that I felt have been really beneficial for me and valuable for me when it comes to the time when I'm in the creative process. Moving from an artist creates to an artist shares. After an artist creates their project, hopefully we get to share it. Ideally, we get paid for it. And in the, the best world, you know, you or someone you share it with is ultimately healed by it. But there's certain ways of sharing and knowing how to share so that when you share your creation, it doesn't just fall on deaf ears or just fall flat on its face or just get lost in the, um, you know, in the interwebs and in the multiverse, because that's very easy these days. So just some tools and notes <clears throat> on how to share in a way that feels right for you as an artist. And then the last one is an artist heals, because at the end of the day, the artist, just like any other human, needs to heal, needs to come back to center. Uh, the act of creating can sometimes be a literally a destructive act. Um, and so, you know, it's better to have a practice of healing in place than just allowing yourself to completely fall apart. Um, and this happened to me personally um, and really not knowing, you know, left from right, up from down, you know, so understanding the power and the value and the need for healing so that you can get back in front of your art begin the preparation begin get back into the creation and then share again right so this is just and again this is this is just where we are now but these are four pieces that i felt represented and it's inspired by the book an actor prepares um so i was just kind of playing off that those uh that that phrase um but i feel like these are the four phases an artist can find themselves in um preparation creation sharing healing wash rinse repeat um, and so that's like kind of the, the source guide of everything we're going to be drawing from, you know, this is kind of like the Bible, so to speak. Like when you do a TV show, they have something called the Bible, which is everything, you know, the actors don't need to see the Bible, but like the, the writers, the director, the creator, the producers, they want to see the Bible. Right. And so, um, for me and my like way of thinking and learning, I was like, I need a Bible. I need, and this is, I'm not saying this in any religious context, you know, I'm, I got, I was raised Catholic, Catholics don't read the Bible, but, um, you know, so it's like, don't, don't get your, you know, don't get all spun around over that, but um, just something that like is, is fully rep is representative of the whole of what we're sharing from that we can take pieces from. Love it. Yeah, you can think of it as like a in a manual, right? You know, the the Bible is is inclusive of everything that is uh, source material, inspiration, and direction, so that the brand identity. And this is a lot 
<clears throat> this informs in a lot of ways for those who are curious about how this might inform their content strategy. This informs in a lot of ways the voice and the tone that you use when you are going to market with whatever it is that you're that you're providing. And so having a clear tone and a clear voice is something that people will begin to resonate with. And again, this is a lot of this teaching comes from Marty Woodward. I also have 10 years of experience working in corporate America and business development and sales. And so there's aspects of this that are informed by my time in corporate America as well. Um, but this particular nugget here about your brand and your, your tone of voice being very clearly distinctively you, this is one way you do it. And so when you are a healing artist and you're creating something in the world that you're giving to other people, it's going to come from you, right? And that's also how you ensure that what you are creating and what you're giving to the world is authentic. Yes, sir. And just want to give a shout out to the OG, OG, triple, triple OG, Constantine Stanislavski. That's, um, that's an actor prepares. Mm. I didn't know if it was Stella Adler, Uta Hagen, but it's Constance, Constantine Stanislavski. And for those of you who don't know who this man is, he was a Russian theater maker, writer, director, actor um, during the turn of the 20th century. So when there was a lot of turbulence going on in Russia and, you know, the world at large, but especially in Russia. And this man's method, there's actually a book written by Isaac Butler called The Method. This man's method made its way to the U.S., to New York, where the acting scene was really starting to take hold. And it found its way into acting classes where people like Marlon Brando and Robert De Niro and Al Pacino um, and many, many more were sitting in these classes learning these techniques and this philosophy from this man. These people, these actors, this is getting kind of meta now, these are people that like were in stories and in some cases told stories that have shaped the American narrative for the last like 90 years at this point, 80, 90 years, right? Excuse me. No, my math is wrong, but more like 80 years, like 80 years, right? Streetcar named desire was probably in the 50s. So like 80 years, right? That's almost a century. That's the America that everyone on this podcast knows and has been informed and influenced by, right? Very much inspired by the works of this man, Constantine Stanislavski, and that influence it had on, on the acting world can be seen on screens, um, big and small. So this is, and it's still carrying through today, you know, to that point. So, you know, hats off, hats off to the old Russian. <laughs> um, just to take it one step further, because I think the point you're making is really important. Um, there are derivatives of acting schools, many of which pull from Stanislavski and the method that he created. And so you have all of these famous, you know, Uta Hagen, which is one that you just mentioned. Adler is one that you mentioned. Lee Strasberg is another one. Like there are so many major names when it comes to acting schools and, and and forms of acting and types of teaching of acting, many of which do derive their teachings from Stanislavski. So it's when he says it's the OG, triple OG godfather of it all, like he's not kidding, right? Like not only is he the one that informed and inspired so many actors that he just described today, but he also informed and inspired so many teachers who are taking those, those lessons and teaching them across generations. And then we have people who are now uh, students of those teachers who are now teaching. And so we have multi-generations of Stanislavski's impact on the American theater, film, and television. 
and now informing in a lot of ways our taste, right? These are the taste makers of the world. And now we're talking about small media by way of social media. These small media are very much so informed by the larger media, which are the tastemakers of the world, right? And so when you're thinking about how does culture, right, this is culture, culture architecture, this is what we're talking about here. How does culture, uh, how is it seeded? How is it nourished and how is it grown? Well, when you think about that, you think about these types of practices, these types of stories that are being told. And ultimately, when you come, when you're when you're looking at how do you build an effective business, right? Or how do you build an effective healing artist um, entrepreneurial venture? Stories are going to be the fabric through which you communicate and connect with your audience in order to, to, to get them to come to you and enjoy the services that you're providing there has to be a compelling story that they can see themselves in or want to see themselves in and therefore want to participate. Now, another aside, and then we'll jump back into what Ru's walking through, many of a significant portion of people who engaged with BRT in the early days saw Ru in a past life when he was on television. Those stories resonated with them so much so that when they heard he was doing things like coaching, breathwork, mindfulness, peak performance, et cetera, et cetera, they raised their hand and said, yes, I want to work with that person. Now, that's just an example of how compelling it can be if you find a way to tell an effective story that resonates with other people. They will raise their hand and they will say, I want to be a part of that, too, because you're speaking to something that feels inspiring. The last thing I'll say is that stories have the, the potential, the capacity to quite literally shape the world. As Ru just said, it also has the capacity to change the world. They have the capacity to inspire, inform, mobilize, motivate, change entire civilizations. And that's how civilizations are built. It's also how they crumble, right? And there, there's histories that show that over and over again. So when you're thinking about how do I build a thriving, effective business, a, a, aka a community, tell an effective story. Get clear on the stories that have inspired and informed your personal narrative find a way to distill that into topics that feel resonant with you that you could talk about over and over again, and then give that to other people in the form of media. And that's what we're talking about today. Yeah, thank you for that. That's really great added context. Um, and if we have more time, we could wax poetically all over that, but we're going to keep it keep it pushing. Mm -hmm. um, so the next thing, so again, that's like the manual. Uh, an artist prepares. So just think of that as the place where you can pluck all your brilliant ideas from. And the beauty of the way we're doing it now is like it's stuff that we've done just naturally. We've put it on paper, we put it in our phones, and we're just collecting the stuff we've already done, right? So there's there's like no extra work outside of just sitting down and combing through it. But it's true to you. It's true to us. So then... I created this content flow sheet, um, which again, for me, like Jay and I were supposed to have a call last week. And I, I don't know if we had it later in the day or we had it the next day, but I needed to do something because I knew I was going to get lost in the conversation. Right. So again, an example of me using some of these tools and these practices that I've learned and that I've been teaching people to create more self-awareness so that I can have the situational awareness to know, hey, I'm not going to be able to show up to this meeting as effectively as we both need me to be, you know, because I understand if I don't have a certain kind of grasp on a topic, it's very easy for me to just lose my way. 
Um, and so I needed to write this stuff down and see it clearly um, so that it made sense to my brain personally. And uh, it, it helps that Jalil is so, <clears throat> so understanding and patient, you know, so that he was like, yeah, that's absolutely okay. Um, so the way I broke down the content flow is, is tied to some ways we've been thinking, some ways we already share content, specifically this podcast, but then also um, using our um, content pillars, um, using um, and, and then using information uh, that we've learned and tools from uh, from Marty Woodward. Um, and so the way I have it broken down, Jay, if you have it up and for everyone who's listening, you can just um, imagine and watching because it's not put up on the screen is I think it would be really cool and fun for us. So to keep that fun, engaging piece to like have the overall theme of a month of content be tied to the astrology that's happening. Mm. You know, it's like, it's what's alive. Um, I, I learned, I read, or I heard somewhere, I was actually at a retreat last year. Um, you know, this, we can be like, we can be any place in the world, but we're all looking up at the same sky. You know, we're mm. all under the same stars. And so there's a unifying factor to what's happening up there, whether we're aware of it or not, we're, we're being impacted by the um, astrological activity. And so that's something we're already doing with these podcasts, releasing them on new moons and full moons to create awareness around that. But also it's something that can just tie into like the overall umbrella of content flow so that it's alive with, so that it meets what is most likely alive with, with people um, over these four week cycles. Um, so that's like main big umbrella. Then from there, getting more specific, coming down into the month. And so I have it broken down week by week in the month. And these are based on our content pillars, which are clarity of purpose, uh, boosting creativity and reducing burnout uh, and finding flow with your community. And then week four, I have uh, for uh, a recap and reflections. And um, that that shows up again on the, the days as well, um, which would go from, and this is from Madi, um, tweaked a little, I just added a little bit, but this is pretty much Mahdi. Um, Monday, a check-in, start the conversation. Tuesday, educational content. Wednesday, entertainment. Thursday, community slash a cell. And Friday, again, a recap and inspire. And the reason why, and, and then from there, um, before I go back over and reflect a little bit, um, <clears throat> and then from there, we have the headlines. And we got these headlines from Mahdi. And so these are anything from compare and contrast to um, a historical reference to an origin story to testimonials. There's about eight other different ones that are really, really great, great for uh, getting more clarity on like how to create specific pieces of content um, for Instagram, um, specifically in, in this case. But um, I'm sure other social media platforms as well. Um, just a little quick reflection on why I broke it down like this for the, the weeks of the month and then the days of the week. Um, one, it ties in all the stuff that, you know, we've been learning, um, the stuff that we want to share, um, our content pillars and, and our pillars that we want to, you know, maintain a strong foundation with. So there's, there's like a, a strong stability already there. There's like stable ground that we can stand on. So we don't have to constantly reinvent the wheel because this is something that my mind likes to do got that Gemini mind. So I'm just always like double Gemini. So I'm just like, it, it, it's a gift and a curse. Um, 
but then what I like about like the the fourth week um, being a recap and reflection and Friday being a recap and inspire is I sometimes think with Instagram specifically, it's really easy to just like keep pushing stuff out and there's no real like follow back to like, hey, did you guys get this? You know, unless it's maybe something that happens in comments. Um, or something with people that are more engaged because you're a more engaging content creator, you know? But I think what could just be fun is as teachers, we treat it like a class where it's like we are teaching these things that are tied to our foundation. So we have that stability already in place week after week, day after day. And to really like gauge engagement at the end of the week, after the end of the month, you know, it's like, hey, like, comment here like what you learned this week these are boom 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 five bullet points that we went over what was your favorite one you know like what's the best takeaway blah 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 um but it's also something that it's like you know a lot of information doesn't really land until we have it repeated you know like repetition is is so crucial for mastering a skill and that takes me to my last bit i know you got to run you got to run now yeah i got i got I'm already over, but you're already yeah, over. I got a couple minutes. Let's let's rock it out. Let's finish. Okay. It All right. Thank you, Papa Bear. So the last <laughs> thing is just like doing this. Um, the idea I was telling you a little earlier was just imagining that we are like teachers at a school, and every school has a semester, right? And so again, time back to like our awareness and connection to lunar cycles and astrological seasons and just harvest seasons, right? And natural cycles. What if we take those three month chunks, winter, spring, summer, fall, and have those be our semesters? So that again, we have that stability, we have a core um, offering in terms of this content that we can continually engage people with. And it's like, hey, sometimes you take a course and you need to go back over it again. You need to do it again. You know, sometimes you take a course, you're ready for the next one, right? And so those options will all be available. Um, but I think again, just going back to the beginning of the conversation, thinking about the health and the healing needed as a healer and the space away that you need sometimes as a creative, especially if you're sharing a lot, this could be a way to, again, try to eliminate or ultimately reduce, or excuse me, try to reduce or ultimately eliminate burnout altogether, but still have something that's flowing, that's new and that's engaging for people that meet us at the different parts of their journey, whether they're preparing, creating, sharing, or healing. Um, so that that's the thought process behind that. I know you got to go, but if there's any last thing you want to say. Yeah, that's money. I love it, brother. Thank you. And for all of you folks listening, this is the first time I'm getting the breakdown as well. So I'm learning and hearing this with you live, which is, which is a wonderful kind of <clears throat> organic experience that we're having here. Um, and it'll continue to be like this as we talk about the business when you join us for these, for these conversations. But uh, one thing I just want to offer is that uh, what Rue kind of walked through very briefly um, was this idea of a content, of content pillars. And so in order to get to the content pillars, what we did, and this document's not pulled up, but it informs in a lot of ways the content flow that he just offered you. And I want to make sure I'm, we're giving everybody everything, right? So the content um, pillars are informed by your ICP, right? And so your ICP is your ideal customer profile. So when you think about who is the person that I want to support, there's a whole host of different questions you can ask yourself. But the thing that we came to appreciate, and he and Rue mentioned it earlier in the conversation, is 
uh, we want to support people who are very similar to us, right? Like who are the people that we are engaging with? Who are the people that we are in the world and how do we show up? And then ultimately, who do we feel most aligned with as we're working with people in the world? And that's the thing that this three and a half years has given us is opportunity to work with a variety of different people and understand who we feel most resonant with. And so with that, we spent time defining our ideal customer profile that included age, that included ge geographic location, it included buying behaviors and the things that we ideally or you know can assume they're likely doing, what types of things they like to spend money on. It's a big conversation topic that we have. For example, the two of us outside of our everyday expenses, our next largest bill is self-education, right? And so wanting to work with people who are also constantly investing in themselves is an important piece of the ICP for us, as an example. Once you define your ideal customer profile, you then take a moment to figure out what are the three to four problems that you can help solve for your ICP. What are the things that I am uniquely positioned to help solve for my for the ICP? What is the what are the four things, three or four things that Rue is, is uniquely positioned to help solve for the ICP? And then how do we get value propositions based on those? So one example is a lot of people who are in the, the the healing arts community are saying, hey, where are the others, right? Where do the others exist? Where do they live? Where do they work? Where do they hang out? I want to be around them too. And so one of the things that is our content pillar is helping to build community, supporting healing artists with defining, understanding, and finding their community. Now that's one of the other three. There's three total that we have in terms of our, our, uh, our content pillars. And then from there, you start to break it down into examples of content that can support and ladder up to that particular content pillar. So for healing uh, he healing artists finding community, you can see it visually, you see healing artists with ICP, helping and finding and building community is the, val is the value prop or the content pillar. Examples that are rooted in that are things like giving shout outs, connecting with other healer healing artists and connecting and making sure that we are uh, showcasing them from time to time, right? And so you'll hear in this content flow as we just walk through, there are moments of check-ins and conversations. There's moments of community. There's moments of acknowledging and shouting out other people. Those things happen as a result of knowing that we're trying to ladder up to that content pillar of helping others build community, right? So uh, you'll see examples of that as we go through the process. And obviously the education piece is going to be an important piece of what Rude just talked through. And then one last thing I'll offer is that content that you create should include three to four different types of content. So the first one then we walk through pretty extensively here today is education. You need to educate your ICP in some way, shape or form. But if you educate exclusively, you're going to miss out on opportunity to build relationships and really give yourself or give your ICP uh, an example of who they're going to be working with. Right. And so that leads to inspire. Right. We want to inspire people by giving our story, sharing with them who we are, sharing testimonials is another version of, of inspiring. And then you want to make sure that you're entertaining people, right? Because they're on social media. Social media is an entertainment platform. How can we make sure that we're making this fun and playful and engaging? And then finally, the fourth kind of type of content is to sell, right? Or to offer, or to promote, or to extend an opportunity to engage in some way, shape, or form in the exchange of an email or in the exchange of money or whatever it might be. So those are four different types of content that you can find within a content pillar structure or content strategy. Uh, workflow, and then the different types of headers that you would create for those different types of content are the, you know, nine or 10 or 12 that that Rue just walked through that Madi Woodward helped to inspire and inform. 
And then underneath those content or those headlines uh, categories, you then have different types of content like how to do X, Y, and Z, three ways that I did X, Y, and Z, uh, seven things that I did before I did X, Y, and Z, right? How to get this without doing this, right? These are the different types of compare and contrast and anchoring and variety of types of content you can create that is catchy, right? You want to hook people, get them excited about whatever you're going to share, and then offer a highly valuable piece of content. That's the background backdrop summary of everything that Rudis walked through to get to this point today. Much, much needed um, addition to what I shared. So thank you. I know this was, uh, thank you for fleshing that out. I know this was a, a fast and furious and like very fleshy episode. This is our shortest episode. They're always full of a lot, but this is packed with a lot of language and terms and information that may not be, um, you may not be familiar with. So if you need to play this back a couple of times, do so. If you need to play it on a slower speed, do so. <clears throat> because even though it is fast and we are kind of rushed in this, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of value in what we just shared. There's a lot of value that we've spent a lot of money on on courses <laughs> over the years that we just kind of like spit out. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know it's a lot of money. We're both laughing. Yeah. <laughs> it just is all we can do is laugh. Second biggest, biggest bill. That shit. That's a lot of money. <laughs> a lot of money on there right there. That's a, that's a real valuable piece of information. God damn, that's my baby. That's my baby college fund. That's my second car. That's my that's my e-bike. That's my mountain bike. Let me just tell you all the things I could have got if I didn't spend it on all these damn courses. You want you got a minute? You got three minutes? We got 25. We can talk about it. We got time, baby. And that's real, man. That's real. You know, sometimes investing, investing in yourself to become who you know you're meant to be in the future, bringing that future closer to you in the present. Hey, you're going to get the e-bike. You're going to get the mountain bike. Like it's all going to come and you're going to enjoy it so much more because you're the person that you know and have always known you're meant to be, you know? So I think that's a, that's a great place to stop, uh, to stop. Um, I'm still kind of out of it from the energy this day, as you can see, I don't even know how to speak anymore, but, um, have a great time. Is it dinner time? Dinner time, dinner, bath, okay. the whole thing. Yeah. All right. Well, enjoy dinner. Um, thank you for hopping on. Thank you for uh, your flexibility. And uh, I love you. Um, we'll, we'll talk offline, you know, about what works, what doesn't, what we can add, what we can subtract. But um, this felt good. feel like we're in that creator mind mm -hmm. um, on this, which is very important. Um, and we're just going to, you know, keep keep building from here. So thank you, everyone. Love y'all. Love you, brother. Appreciate you all.